Before we jump into this episode of the Delighted Customers podcast, I'd like to invite you to join me on a free webinar entitled The Four Keys to Leading Change as a CX Pro. We'll be talking about the importance of leading change and how it impacts your team's success. We'll identify some of the most common obstacles that change leaders need to overcome. And we'll talk about building trust and we'll build off the insights of the trust equation, which we're going to talk about today in this episode. I invite you to join me. It's October 3rd. It's noon. It's Customer Experience Day, CX Day. And you can find information about how to register on empoweredcx.com or in the show notes. I look forward to you joining me. Welcome to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Slayton, and I'm so glad you're here. I empower leaders to turn indifferent customers into loyal fans. I talk to guests with a wide range of expertise who share meaningful insights and wisdom. We give you practical tips and proven frameworks and share ways to help you delight your customers. Well, welcome to this episode. This is the second in a three-part series entitled Earning Trust and Loyalty Depends on CX. And last time in the first episode in the series, The Fisherman's Dilemma and the Three Types of Customer Loyalty, I shared a story of a fisherman who discovered a dilemma. He had a hole in his net big enough to allow fish to fall right through. And we talked about how much effort it took the fishermen to get the fish in the first place, only to have them fall right through the net. And that was an analogy for customer acquisition and the incredible effort it takes to acquire a new customer. Then we talked about three different types of loyalty and why it's so important to understand each of them in order to deliver on business outcomes. So if you have a chance, or if you haven't had a chance yet to listen, I highly recommend you take 10 minutes. Actually, it's only about eight minutes. It's short but sweet, and I think you'll have some great takeaways. In today's episode, the trust equation, the secret to trust building, we'll talk about the trust equation, unveiling four variables of trust to help you understand the science behind trustworthiness. So let's dive right in. And I'm going to start with a story that I really love. A little girl and her father were crossing a bridge. The father was kind of scared. So he asked his little daughter, sweetheart, please hold my hand so that you don't fall into the river. The little girl said, no, dad, you hold my hand. What's the difference? Asked the puzzled father. There's a big difference, replied the little girl. If I hold your hand and something happens to me, chances are then I may let go of your hand. But if you hold my hand, I know for sure that no matter what happens, you will never let my hand go. In any relationship, the essence of trust is not its bind, but its bond. And trust is a big deal for so many reasons. It could help you decide on everything from what restaurant to go out to for dinner, to whether or not to have life-risking surgery or not. In the business world, trust is everything. According to a study by Edelman, 80% of customers chose to buy products or services from companies they trusted, while 63% refused to buy products from companies that they distrusted. So let's start by defining trust. 
according to the Oxford Dictionary, it's a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. It could mean that you trust a certain axiom or belief to be true. The Baltimore Orioles will win the World Series. Or it could mean that you distrust the media or that you trust your best friend. There are many different kinds of trust. There's situational trust, for example. This means trust depends largely on the context. I trust my dog with my life, with my lunch, not so much. There's the person doing the trusting, and then there's the person who is being trusted. There, there's where we're talking about trustworthiness. And there's interpersonal trust and institutional trust. In this episode, we'll focus on interpersonal trust. That's the trust between two people. Now stop for a minute, if you would, and think about who you would considered a tr- consider a trusted advisor of yours. Get the picture of that person in your head. What is it about them that makes you trust them? What are the qualities that they possess? Today, I'm going to share a framework for trust called the Trust Equation. It first appeared in one of my favorite books, The Trusted Advisor, and helps us to consider the variables that impact trustworthiness, the science, if you will. I eventually went on to get certified by Trusted Advisor Associates in delivering their training, and I still believe it is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, skill set that any leader can possess. It's not rocket science, but it's often really hard to do. The model is meant to be used at an interpersonal level, but there are implications for organizations that we'll talk about on the next episode. Let me give a brief description of each, and then we can explore them in more detail. Okay, so if you think about a mathematical equation, we're solving for trustworthiness, which is on the left side of the equation, And then we're going to divide by three variables in the numerator, and we're going to divide that by one variable in the denominator. The equation is T equals C plus R plus I over S, where T equals trustworthiness, C equals reliability, R is for credibility, I is for intimacy, and those three are all over the denominator S, which stands for self-orientation. Now, let's start with credibility. Credibility is largely about words. Examples of it include a designation like a CPA or an MD, or in my case, a CCXP, or it could even be just the lab jacket or the certificate on the wall, the diploma that you might see in a doctor's office. But it also reflects how words are communicated. Do I look you in the eye? Do I speak with confidence? Or do I sound kind of wishy-washy? Reliability, on the other hand, has to do with our actions. It's connected to dependability and predictability. Do I trust you to do what you say you're going to do? There's also an element of how you follow through. Can I trust the way you'll follow through with your actions. Did you include the things maybe in the way you delivered that that were important to me? That's reliability. Now, switching over to intimacy, the last of the variables up in the numerator, that has to do with psychological safety. 
two aspects. One is discretion. Do you know what to do with what I'm sharing with you? Do you know when to laugh or to cry with me? The other piece is really about empathy. Can you relate to me on a deep level? Both of these aspects have to do with psychological safety. And lastly, in the denominator, all by itself is self-orientation. Now, this has to do with focus. And when I say focus, it's pretty straightforward. Is your focus on you or is it on me? Now, the easy part to spot is the used car salesman, that, that person who's trying to just make the sales, hit their quota, put cash in their pocket. But less obvious, um, a less obvious version of it is a self-focus that's just a little bit more subtle. So maybe you're worried about what other people may think. So you're nervous, you're knee-knocking, or you're quivering. Maybe you're so nervous about making a mistake that you can't even be present. Or another one is peeking at your cell phone while in the middle of a conversation. I think we've all done that once or twice. Either way, the focus is not on the other person. It's typically on you. And that impacts trustworthiness. Really, if you think about it, it should make intuitive sense that the more I believe that you are self-oriented, that the focus is on you and not me, the less I would trust you. So let's talk about how each of these work if I'm in the customer's shoes, starting with credibility. Obvious examples are misspellings on a website or poor grammar. The menu item at the carryout isn't available for the third time. The contact information on the insurance policy is still wrong. I'm still waiting, for example, for our 2022 tax refund from the IRS. After three months, they sent me a letter stating they couldn't find a form that I never sent. After a live conversation with an IRS agent, they explained to me that it was a quote-unquote system error. They told me I could have my refund check in three weeks. I called back to check um, last week, which was now going into the fifth week at that point, and the person told me it should be coming. Be patient. It is now week six. So how do you think I would rate them on credibility? <laughs> a couple of tips on how to improve your credibility. Get Number one, get the details right when it matters. If you're not sure, say you're not sure. But when it's important to be accurate, double check yourself. And second, be bold with your point of view. Remember earlier I said being wishy-washy is a potential trust breaker? Well, be confident. You know, if, if you're wishy-washy, it will raise eyebrows. So speak with confidence. For reliability, the case is fairly straightforward. One thing people love about brands like Chick-fil-A or Starbucks or Amazon is they consider them reliable. They have a brand promise and they are consistently delivering on that promise. The experience has been designed in such a way that it's not by accident. It is consistent and you know what to expect. So here's one tip to improve your reliability. Make and keep small promises. Really simple. It could be as simple as offering to develop a meeting agenda beforehand or just taking control of scheduling the meeting so that it can get done. When it comes to intimacy, though, and admittedly, that feels like a soft, mushy word, especially when it comes to a business scenario. But 
intimacy is really, really important. In fact, according to the research by Trusted Advisor Associates, it's the most single most highly correlated to trustworthiness out of all four. A person with high intimacy is someone you're willing to confide in. Maybe you've just received an alarming medical diagnosis. The person you trust from an intimacy standpoint will be on the top of your list to call. They'll react in a way that's appropriate. They'll use discretion with the information that you shared. They are, in fact, a safe place for a difficult conversation. They're a safe haven. And intimacy is really largely about psychological safety. Here's a tip how to improve it. Number one, ask for feedback. If you make a suggestion or share a point of view, ask for feedback. Don't assume that the other person is in agreement. And two, create small talk moments. You know, that part at the beginning of a conversation that allows people to kind of get their bearings, get their own sense of safety, feel out who you are and the environment, that, that creates the opportunity for intimacy. And lastly, self-orientation is sometimes obvious and other times more of a gut feel. Sadly, but true, We've all been asked if we would give a service provider a 9 or a 10 on the survey and let them know now if we wouldn't. That's just icky. A more subtle example might be the overzealous waiter who's trying to upsell you for every course on the meal. Would you like this? Would you like an appetizer? Would you like a drink with that? Would you like another drink? You get the idea. Recently, I called a contractor to fix something in my home. Before I had a chance to fully explain the issue and my concern, they cut me off and told me I needed their product X to solve it. Jumping to the solution is another clue someone might be highly self-oriented. So here's a couple of tips. Here's a few tips on how you might improve self-orientation. Number one, lead with genuine caring. I like to use the word be curious when in a conversation. Number two, leave them feeling good about them. It's really commonly said that you want, you want them to feel good about you. Well, that's partly true, but I think it's more important to leave them feeling good about themselves. And three is get and stay grounded. So this idea of being nervous or focused on other things or have preconceived notions about what's going to happen in a meeting do whatever you need to do. It may just be as simple as taking a few deep breaths, thinking positive thoughts, but get and stay grounded before you go into that meeting or have that conversation. Well, now that I've gone into more detail on the four variables, I'd like you to go back and think about that person who you consider most trustworthy. I'm willing to bet that they scored really high on all four of the variables. In the workshops I conduct with clients, we dig deeper into understanding how the trust equation works for you personally. And that is how you can become more trustworthy. It's a critical skill for leaders in general, but specifically for those leaders who are tasked with leading organizational change. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And next week, we're going to talk more about diving into the institutional trust, that is how brands can become more trusted and we'll use it. We'll, we'll do it through the lens of the trust equation and the four variables we talked about today. Until next time, 
Thank you so much for listening to the Delighted Customers Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'd like to ask you a favor. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of my other ones, hit subscribe or follow. I've got a lot of other great guests that are coming up and a lot of other great content, and I don't want you to miss anything. You can find any links or references on the show in the show notes, and you can find those on my website at empoweredcx.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.